everybody, and welcome to another week of board shenanigans. And as it's not always, it's not always true. I am not always joined by the venerable Reverend Ryan Brewer. As you will notice throughout this episode, his melodious tones will not will not be heard. So it's just me flying solo. I have no one to ask if anything wonderful and or exciting has happened and them to go off on some random tangent. No one to interrupt me on my stories. Brewer's been tied tied down in a, well, not in a sexy way at all, pretty much just tied down for this with work-related things, so I'm going to do my best to keep this as small, as non-rambly as possible, as, uh, you, as, I, as you join us all for board shenanigans, half and half, diet, mildly diluted, all the sex appeals here, but none of the, well, frankly, let's all, let's get it right here. I'm the brains, bronze, and sex appeal of board shenanigans. You all know that. Now, anyway, there's a couple odds and ends that I've been kind of wanting to hit that we just haven't been able to hit in a while, and uh, a few things. Uh, I haven't written an article for the website in a little, in quite a while, actually. It was kind of my life was eaten by having to do my journeyman test to pass that, so I really haven't hit those as hard as I need to, and I've helped, I've jumped in on helping Brewer edit and do do some of the other stuff for the show, so really haven't been able to do them the way I wanted to. I really, really was proud of the rank this that I have done, which if you haven't seen, you can go check out. But I had a few, I had a few of those that I wanted to get to, and I thought I'd just do it in audio form instead, just to get y'all a little bit of content on uh, a couple other news stories that that have kind of happened. So uh, I'm gonna roll on that. We'll see how long this goes, and hopefully it's enjoyable for y'all. So I guess, I guess, uh, I guess the first list I'm gonna hit you with from the uh, rank this list was uh, music that I just don't fucking understand, but people seem to really, really enjoy. Now, I know, I know, I realize music is such an objective category, and, you know, people have their own biases on what they like and dislike. I get all that. That caveat's completely fine and totally acceptable. I completely understand that. But some of it, I just don't understand the fucking appeal. Now, I know you're like, what do you mean? Throw your work, Cody. I'm on my way. And I'm just letting you know now, there were, like, this is not saying bands like Creed and Nickelback and Dave Matthews and John Mayer and all that 90s pop shit that we were all subjected to. Those are too easy. Those those are way too low-hanging fruit. Going after a few other ones. Now, going going from uh, 5 to 1, we're going to go with number 5 first. And that's going to be Rush. I don't understand the appeal of Rush. For those of you, Rush has their big their big hit is Tom Saw is uh, Tom Sawyer. There, I realize that Getty Lee is supposed to be one of the most musically talented guitar or bass players to ever have touch a bass. Like the bass gods descended upon high to give him such bass ability, and that's great. But holy crap, I don't understand. I don't understand their appeal. I don't understand their fandom. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, may, I, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that they are extremely musically talented, but I, I just, I really don't see any anything that makes me want to like them. I know they're huge in kind of the nerd fandom circle, and I know they're, they, they like what they like, and they play the kind of music they like to play, which is to be, I mean, that's totally commendable, and to be completely respected, but frankly, I just, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I just don't get it. I don't get the appeal. Uh, another band of a similar ilk, I think. I, why do people like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I, I really don't understand it. What, what do they do? They don't make good songs. And I know, guy driving in your car, you're sitting there with your arms crossed and be like, what the fuck? I was just jamming out to Danny California moments, moments ago. 
I disagree. Red Hot Chili Peppers are a terrible goddamn band. Every song, every song, every song is about California in some way and or form. There, there is no, there, there is, there's no song they do there that doesn't reference California in some way, which is great and wonderful if you like, you know, I mean, I realize that people like Bruce Springsteen made a career out of referencing small town New Jersey, and I get that. I mean, hell, that's all country music again is, ta- is country music is, is talking about, you know, the down home way things should have been. I, I understand that, but oh my God, how have they been around for like 4,000 years? I, 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 I do, that's, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not for me. And I don't understand their fan, I don't understand their appeal. I don't understand any of it, really. Um, number three on the big list is uh, Metallica. Now, I have gotten into arguments over this one, so if this is the line where you decide, fuck it, I've got to throw the damn listening device that I have, well, then I guess this is that line. Why? Why do people like Metallica? What What is it? I mean, I know that I don't particularly gravitate to speed metal. I don't particularly gravitate to metal in general. It's not a genre of music that appeals to me in a way that you know makes me want to do much. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the Black Sabbaths. I like the Led Zeppelins. I, I enjoy some of it. I really do. I, and honestly, Megadeth's okay in small doses. I just, I don't get Metallica. I don't understand what they have going for them. Why they are considered, like, the height and eternity of rock music. What, what, what did they do? What, I mean, Enter Sandman? Okay, it's a kind of creative song. What, I, what is it? I, I, I truly don't get that one. That, just fuck me. I, if you, if you played, like, three or four bands back-to-back and was and, tr- and tried to, p- like, tell me to pick out which one of these were going to be the most successful. I don't know that I could tell you. I would not have ever guessed Metallica, ever. I, I, that is not something that I saw. I, it really, truly is not. Uh, number two on the list is Prince. Why? What did he do? What did that short man in a purple outfit ever do? I, I literally don't like any of his songs. Not one. I don't think he has one good song. And again, this is the caveat of I understand that behind the scenes the man is some musical genius, the likes of which you can't even comprehend. Like, he could play any instrument and he's some prodigy as far as music goes. And, you know, when, you know, when the, the gods doth descended their holy guitar down, it did land in the hands of the one to be called Prince, and he did play that guitar... And it, yeah, it did rock you. We were rocked. Fine. But that being known, what? What is it? I, I truly do not understand. Is, is it, is it, is his musics are like sexual and semi-controversial? Is it that they're like catchy? What is the thing that makes him be considered such a piece of pure musical essence? I, I, I don't get it. I mean... If you would have told me, if somebody would have said, like, oh, you know, Prince had, like, the one hit, and then he's kind of still around, does, like, producer stuff, okay, I would believe that. Sweet fuckity God, man. He, his music is not any good. New music, old music, the ones that were hits, the ones that weren't hits. I, I, I tried to understand the appeal, and I, I, there is none to me. Absolutely none. And, uh, summing up this list, so we had five Rush, four Red Hot Chili Peppers, three Metallica, two Prince, and number one on the music list of, music list that Cody does not understand that band's appeal at all, is Michael Jackson. (gasps) 
Gasp you shall. I know. The man's dead. And I do, still don't like his music. You can't make me. I didn't like him in the Jackson 5. I didn't like I didn't like him in the solo stuff. I don't even like the Thriller album. I know. Thriller's the greatest album in the history of ever, and frankly, for me to even even mutter this, the internet will collectively explode and God only knows what will happen to all of us throughout time and space. I, what? What did he do? He could dance? Okay. So, I mean, big freaking deal. So could Dick Van Dyke or Lawrence Welk. They could dance. I don't like their music. It, was his lyrics particularly interesting? I don't think so. I mean, I... I, I don't understand it. And he is like, raised on high, and I understand, you know, posthumously you should honor somebody, and I'm not honoring his memory, I just, ever, my entire life, this person has been hailed as, you know, a legendary musician, the likes of which you just cannot, you know, cannot even hope to reach, you know, by God, he's Michael Jackson good, and I, why? What? Who? Where? I all pronouns. All pronouns in a big pile. I I, I truly one hundred percent do not understand it. So, and I I realize that this is not music that I particularly go gravitate towards. Anyways, obviously I made a bitchy list about it. So if you love these people and can convince me why, then leave it in the comments. If you if you finally if someone has spoken. Spoken words that you've never found true, or leave it in the comments. If you don't care, don't do anything. We got that. We got that covered. Uh, other thing that I was gonna cover that I probably should have asked Brewer about, but fuck it, he's not here, and I'm gonna run the show right now. A uh, little news, little news piece came in. Oh, yesterday or day before yesterday, the uh, Afghanistan war. Remember that, guys? Remember, remember that war that we went to Afghanistan for and. That that's still kind of going on, even though we don't really talk about it in the media anymore. And the president said he was going to end it. That war, you know, as of Monday, December the fifteenth, it has reached one trillion dollars, and and still rising. Yes, I know. We thought it was over. We thought that we weren't weren't even weren't even there anymore. According to the to the research and the reports released. A lot of it had to do with the fact that there was just an insane amount of waste and corruption where people would be getting delivered money directly. And there's a lot of really, really shady shit, which is generally what happens whenever multiple government entities get involved, which, yes, I said it. And Brewer's not here to interrupt me, so I said it. But a lot of really shady shit happened, and it was very, it was very corrupt. It was poorly managed. I mean, goddamn, the thing like, still at this point, we're looking at ten years. No, we're looking at more than ten years. We're looking at like thirteen years at this point. I can't even count. Um, but the most, the most interesting fact of any of it was, eighty percent of the spending has actually taken place in the last, last eight years. So we spent more money then than we ever did prior. Kind of an interesting, kind of interesting that that has happened. Uh, but this definitely, this definitely shocked me that, that it's at that point of money. I mean, it, and you know, you say one trillion dollars to me, and that doesn't even really register to me. That's 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 a fictional number. You know, you might as well say like one trillion gnomes, or you know, 
unicorn tails or whatever. I, I just I don't even comprehend that number. But it, it's it's such a notice so much of wow the ridiculous amount of spending and the money comes from no you know poof here's money is it's 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 ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, so that, that's that's another that's another one of those things that I I just I cannot. I cannot really comprehend, um, that, that one was pretty hard for me to swallow. And I know, I know there's been, and the, the most amazing thing about this is this is one of those that's gonna just drift by, no one's gonna, no one's gonna really talk about it, no, it's just gonna be, oh, that's a thing, and, but, but, by God, I, I, it doesn't matter. It, it's just, nah, okay, more just money. You know, the government needs money because of, and it's, 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 it's disgusting. Um, and since we're in Cody's political corner for just a minute, um, I know everybody is, uh, losing their mind over the Senate releasing the CIA torture report activities. Now, I'm not trying to rile anybody up for or against. I, I, I really am not. I, I've I've heard about this all week on talk radio and in the news and with people that I work with. I've I've heard this all week, and I know y'all probably have too. And I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. But the only point I really have to make on that is it's not a is it right or is it wrong point, because those points have been covered far more times and by far more intelligent people than I. My only real point to that is, are you really surprised, is anybody surprised that a government, whether it be our own or another one, has done some unseemly shady stuff behind the scenes, have, have used, you know, using undercover operatives and capturing criminals in dark, it's, it's dark deeds that happen in dark places that you don't want to talk about around dinner. They've, it's been doing it for years. As long as one person has been in charge of another person and then they want, there's some asset to be gained, treating someone as horribly as possible to get information, it has happened. I think that's my biggest, you know, people are losing their mind like, oh my God, the almighty, all-knowing, all, you know, hum, you know humble pie-eating, red, white, and blue, flag-wavy arm America how could that possibly be? We would never do that. We would never hurt an innocent person. We would never treat someone less than human. All governments of all times, and the stuff that you hear about is such a small tip of the iceberg of things that actually do happen. There is a considerable amount more of shady shit that nobody talks about and nobody wants to talk about. It's it's stuff that you know. I, I hate to quote a movie on it, but I kind I kind of like the the tail end of that um f that fucking Jack Nicholson movie with uh, Tom Cruise where God damn it I can't think of that movie and I should probably be looking this up right now but I'm not going to you know where it's you, know, you I want the truth you can't handle the truth you know you want me on that wall you need me on that wall I'm the you know I do the things that you don't talk around at nice parties that 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 speech I don't not not agreeing with it and certainly not condoning it that's kind of the way that the military and the gathering information and the defense department of or just in general that's the way countries operate 
And just are people that naive or that blind to think that, oh my God, my country is doing terrible things to other people. All countries do terrible things to other people. Sometimes you just happen to be that other person getting terrible things. And again, it's, yes, it's fucking wrong. And yes, people, you know, then there, is it wrong? Is it necessary? I'm not getting into that. I'm really not. But that's a definitely one of those things that has just beaten me down as far as hearing about it. Because, you know, I, I and I, I think that that's the most disgusting part of it is, how are you surprised? How, like, whether you're for it or against it, how, are you really honestly shocked? You can't be. You cannot be shocked. You cannot be surprised. You cannot be taken aback that, that that's a thing that exists. So, anyway, other thing that I kind of had... It's just kind of a general thought. Don't be a dick around Christmas. We we all know is that the reports always come out about how suicides spike during Christmas and stress levels are at an all-time high, and we all hear that stuff. It's it's nothing new. It's nothing exciting, really. I guess my only thing is here at Board Shenanigans, we would like to advocate the policy of don't be a dick. Whenever you're driving in traffic and it's around, you know, it's around Christmas and you've got to go get your last minute gifts because you didn't do it before, before right now, not condemning anybody because I have yet to buy one Christmas present yet. So I can't condemn a person. Whenever you're, you're in a hurry and you've got to go get stuff done, don't cut somebody off in traffic. Don't cut somebody off at the door. If you were, if you would normally hold the door for somebody to let them get in front of you, still hold the door. Don't be an asshole to the person that takes your coffee order. Be nice to them. And okay, the guys that ding the goddamn bells outside of the goddamn stores, don't give them any money. But I mean, it's annoying as fuck, and we all know it. But just kind of politely walk around them. I realize that I am the biggest horse's ass to ever walk this goddamn planet, and I have so little patience for the general materialism and pandering that goes on around Christmas. It pisses me off, and it annoys me. However, I'm trying the policy of not being a dick. And I think you should all join me in the don't-be-a-dick policy. So, there is that. That That is... And I've been running into a lot of dickitude, and I'm trying very hard to not dick back at them. So, trying to keep my trying to keep my dicks in a row here. And so, speaking of Christmas, and we all know that we all have that person that we just have a tough time buying for, and we 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 don't know what to get them. I would like to advocate with no commercial presence of anything, just the fact that I am a definite fan. Uh, Starbomb Player Select, their second album has come out. It released today. I am currently downloading it. I've heard the first single. I love it. I have the first album. I've about worn it out. My wife and I have sang Luigi's Ballad at each other I don't know how many times. Now, if you're asking yourselves, Starbomb, what's that? What is this you speak of, Cody? Starbomb is a comedy al- comedy group that makes funny songs. This It's about video games and just general nerd culture. They make funny songs. Um, they... There's a, the, the key members of the group, one of them is Ego Raptor, who he does funny cartoons online, and he, he hosts this show called Game Grumps, which is very much like Let's, it's a Let's Play, where they comment on the game as they play it. He, he kind of started this network, and he's got his show, which is Game Grumps, and another show called Steam Train, and they all kind of swap around hosts and shit. But anyway, 
he's on it, and then the guy he co-hosts with, who also has a really, really funny band called Ninja Sex Party. He, and then the, the so the two guys from Ninja Sex Party, Ego Raptor, that's Starbomb. Funny, funny fucking shit. If you like nerd stuff and explicit does not bother you, it's fucking awesome. I absolutely loved the first one. I cannot, I guarantee you the minute I turn this off and start editing this, I will be listening to the second one. I love their, I love them, and and Starbomb, guys, if you're listening, huge shout out. I absolutely am a fan of all of your stuff. Uh, other thing I was going to, I guess I can hit you, because I have two lists from the Rank This series, so Rank This Auditory. Um, other thing, and this one actually, I wrote this, I actually wrote this one. The other one was just kind of an idea in my head. And this kind of came about in a really interesting way. I was sitting around at work, and we one of the places that we do a whole, whole lot of work at is a... Um, an, a car auction place where you know very dealers buy vehicles from and then they disperse them to their various auctions or whatever and it was kind of so we're all sitting around and somebody brought up the fact that you know oh i really like i really like this um this particular retro muscle car and you know by the retro muscle cars i mean the ones that like since the new model mustangs has come out and you know they've tried to go back they've tried to go back towards the original stylings of them and everybody was kind of sitting around talking, oh, I like this one or that one better. And I kind of got my ass jumped for my answer. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I have a website. I can rank things and not be in, not be criminalized for having my own opinion that's different than yours. You know, hoorah America and the internet. So that's what I did. I'm going to try my best to describe these. And these are not in any way based on performance. They're based on what does Cody think is cool, and that's what I'm going with. So, I'm going to go in reverse order here. And we've got got six of them, so n- number six, the Dodge Charger. Yes, the new model Dodge Charger. Now, this one gets pretty low on the list just from the fact that I'm just... Styling-wise, I'm not particularly a fan of it. It's okay. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's all right. I I kind of like that it's a four-door, and I kind of hate that it's a four-door. And in total honesty, I like the Dodge Magnum station wagon a lot better than I like the Dodge Charger. So I have a really I have a really hard time digging it that much. It it's okay. It's nothing amazing. It kind of looks like an electric razor to me. I don't think it's a particularly stylish vehicle. Now I know there. I know that these actually have a huge following, and there, there's multiple models of them that are extremely, extremely, you know, performance oriented, and I, and then it's cool. I, I can't take away. It's not a good looking vehicle, but of that of that genre of vehicles, kind of low on my list. And I know it's been around for a while, and maybe that's why it's just not as exciting to me. But that's 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 going to be number six. Number five is the new Ford Mustang. This one was really close to being last, but the fact that what bumps it up is just the fact that it's uh has a lot of a lot of models where you can get like the Shelby the Shelby Mustang and uh you can you you can do a lot to make it a really, really high performance vehicle. And you know, some of the Roush versions and that kind of thing look really, really good. Um you know, and and they did a they did an update did an update in 2015 to kind of kind of kind of round it up and uh, 
stuff like that. It's it it, lo- it looks better. It, it it does. Um, all in all, I I I I'm not very wowed by it. Um, I, I've never really been a huge. I've never really been a huge fan of uh, of Mustangs in general. I mean, just I, which I know I realized that they were like the original pony car and all those things. But honestly. I maintain I like the '80s body body styles where they were really square and blocky, and uh, I, I I I I'm just not crazy about it. It's it's not it doesn't do much for me. It's gets decent looking. I like the fastback part of it, but it looks meh, and that's really all I can say is meh. If not for the, if not for all the cool the cool stuff you can do to make it to make it look make it perform better. It really just doesn't do a lot for me. Now, the next one's the Dodge Challenger. I am a fan of the Dodge Challenger. I, I like the way they look. I, I like that they're they're elongated. They are a two-door. I mean, I, I like the profile. I think they really honestly resemble the original Challengers much better than most of these other ones do. I, I, I really, really enjoy I think these are good-looking vehicles. Uh, they they that's definitely my favorite of the of the more com- more common ones. I I, th- I think they're really really good looking good looking vehicles. Now the next one on the list is the Camaro. Is the new is the new Camaro, and I like those. I like those a whole lot. Um, I I, I really think those are those are slick slick looking, and maybe it was the fact that it was in. It was in Transformers, and I think if you bought a yellow one, it'd turn into a giant Autobot. I'm not sure. But all in all, I, I like them. I think they're good looking. I think they, they really did a smart thing of what is the, what was the old one, what was the new one. And since the Camaro had such a long run, too, I mean, realistically, because they, they, they made them from 69, no, 67 to 2002, and then they quit, and then they... And then they quit making them for that little spell, and then they started making them again. So I I feel like they've got they've done a really good job of like taking cool things and iconic things from each particular one, and kind of melding it into into a good looking vehicle. And I and I think they are very good looking vehicles. I, I that's it's hard to take away from them. And I'd be lying if my hope wasn't that they'll resurrect Pontiac Badge. Just so they'll do a Firebird version. I I know that there's some aftermarket there's some aftermarket ways where you can get a get a Firebird, but I I, I mean some of them are actually pretty cool because you know how they'll how they'll manipulate the front end and there th- there are some very good looking ones. There there really are. I'm I'm still kind of I'm still hoping that this is a thing that happens. I know there's been rumors for a long time that they are gonna release new models, but I'd I'd really like to see it because I I honestly I love I love Firewords I love Pontiac Transams I think they're great looking vehicles I like almost any itineration of them even though I know half the time it's a Camaro underneath it anyway now this is the one that got everybody all pissed off whenever I originally constructed this list kind of you know with the people we were sitting around talking about because you know it was a lot of oh I like the Challenger I like the Mustang I like the Camaro better it was a lot of that my favorite in complete honesty is the is the uh, GTO that they did the uh let's see what year did that come out oh crap these are the kinds of things you should have prepared for you but not 
It was, an o, yeah, it was 04 to 06. And this was on the tail end of, because Pontiac was hurting and they had canceled, because 03 was the very last year that the Pontiac Firebird existed. This was them kind of capitalized on it. And this car got a ton of heat because it was actually a vehicle that existed as a whole as a Holden in their in their Australian division. And it's literally it looks like a badass Grand Prix. Which is what I love about it. Now, for a brief bit of automotive history, and I'm trying not to bore you here, I'm really not, but the original GTO that came out in '64 was very much a passenger car-looking vehicle. It was very mundane. It was just it, it didn't look like anything special. But everything that mattered on it was, you know, the rear end and the and the engine. And it was it was designed to kind of be a sleeper car and not look like anything fancy, which I love. I love that where you just have something that's kind of meh and it's and it's just a really badass car. I I love that stuff. Whenever they brought it back, they went really far back to those roots. This car was only around for two years, and the sales were not what anybody wanted them to be. You know, everybody kind of bitched about how it wasn't anything special. It did just look like a Grand Prix. It, it just it wasn't it wasn't that stylish. It wasn't it wasn't the 1970s GTO. You know, the the judge that everybody liked. I I I really really thought these were cool cool vehicles and it was it was cool because it was developed overseas and then brought back here and they tried it and it didn't obviously it obviously didn't work in that climate but i mean it was such a cool car and it was such a cool vehicle it was so unassuming looking i i loved it i absolutely absolutely loved it i thought it was a fantastic freaking idea again not something that was a sales success now the number one vehicle on this list, which I guess I'll hit you with the rundown one more time. So on Cody's favorite new model retro muscle car lists at number six, we have the Dodge Charger. At number five, the Ford Mustang. At number four, the Dodge Challenger. At number three, the Chevrolet Camaro. At number two, the Pontiac GTO 04 to 06 model. And the number one of the of the retro muscle cars that Cody likes more than anybody else is going to is going to be the Mercury Marauder. Now, I know what you're asking. What the fuck is a Mercury Marauder? A Mercury Marauder in its original itineration and they really only made them for a few years twice. They had a first first generation which it was a real, it looked like a Ford Galaxy, it was a fastback, it was from 63 to 65, it was not a real fancy looking vehicle, but what they did was they put, they put, they would, you could get it in various trim, trim packages, but you could get, you could get them with a 427, 427 V8 in them, and they were just smoking fast flying vehicles, and they were designed to get around a, a rule for NASCAR at the time. They were great, they're, and they're slick-looking vehicles. They don't look like anything special, but it's all on the inside, which is a thing I really like. And then they brought them back again in 69 and 70. Um, it was it was kind of more along the luxury lines of things. Um, they they did they they made the outside a little more a little more noticeable. They they try they tried to make it kind of a fastback. It was a little bit more of a trim package. It was. But you, but again, you could still get a, you could still get a 429 
V8 in the thing, and it was very much that 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 idea of just being a smoking fast flying car. Um, they're just a super super cool car. Well, in '03 and '04, Mercury brought them back. Was, and they only they were only around for a year, but man, these were cool and. It looks just like, it seriously looks like nothing special. It's that same thing as like 03, 04 Mercury, Mercury Grand Marquis, which is, it looks like a cop car. They only came in black for the first year. The tin, windows were tinted. I mean, it was, it was a basic looking vehicle. It was kind of, it was kind of like a trim package thing, but they would put, they would put the 4.6 liter that they put in the Mustangs at the time as their high end vehicle. And they and they would put a Eaton supercharger on it, and boom, you have a Mercury Marauder. It was very very simple. It was kind of along the line. They kept calling it a muscle sedan, which I thought was a really fair point. But it was a four door car. It looked kind of like maybe it was a cop car, but it was a real real simple simple thing. They did a lot of real subtle things. Um, they brought back their like Mercury's old logo which was a godhead and that was what was on the tram it was it was real simple small things but it was you know they took pieces from the police interceptor and they t- you know they they did little performance things and made it a really just f- cool fast get up and go kind of, kind of vehicle it didn't really ever take off and then the second year they did it you could actually get it in black in silver or in in a red so it it kind of I thought it, I think taking them out of black sort of takes away from them and I, I I hate having a black vehicle I have a black vehicle right now it's fucking misery but when we're talking cool dream cars it don't matter so that was that's one of them that I this is this to me is the coolest retro muscle car that ever was and it didn't take off I guess I'm one of the few that like it there's some pretty dedicated clubs around America to like keep them alive and keep you know keep their legacy going and. It's very much a, a niche thing, but man, what a cool niche. So, there you go. As Cody opines about vintage muscle car things. <clears throat> a few other little nid, nidbits. Yes, nidbits as I make up words. Uh, I kind of had a personal reflection this weekend. And I know, I know, everybody. as everybody gets ready to... Put the, put the stereo down and go get a sandwich. I, I I realize that that's that's a thing that's about to happen. But one of the personal revelations that I had, I just don't know that I want to go to gun shows anymore. And I I realize that this is probably not as earth shattering or whatever of a revelation to you as it was to me, but. I, I, I guess I have to. I guess I kind of have to take a step back now. For those of you that have never been to a gun show, they generally seem like they're more they're they're a good time, and they are fun whenever you've never really been to them. For the most part, it's just what it looks like. It's a big ass bunch of tables and a bunch of people, and they got a bunch of guns and gun related stuff, and it's generally pretty cool. It's supposed to be pretty cool. It's a great concept because you can go roam around, look at stuff, look at stuff you've never seen before, look at old stuff you haven't seen in a long time. And I am a gun nerd. I am a self-proclaimed gun nerd. I love them. I like the history of them. I like the how they're made. 
I like the social impact of them. I like to shoot them. I like to reload for them. I like all of it. I there's not there's not a gun that I wouldn't own or, or there's not a gun that I wouldn't want to shoot. I just think they're fantastic. But anyway, I went this weekend cuz I had I had one I was going to try and sell. And in general, you can usually sell them pretty well face to face and I did all right on it. I was I was proud of it. I was pretty happy with it. But I went and I roamed around, and the worst part about it is people don't come with any kind of signal lights at all, so you're never knowing, like, speeding up, slowing down, going too fast, going too slow, you're always running into somebody, somebody's cutting you off, blah da 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 somebody wants to cut in front of you, it's really frustrating, it's really frustrating, and I'm not really particularly people-oriented anyways, but it's frustrating, and that always gets to me when I go, but I realize it's a bunch of people in a large group, and, you know, your stupid's gonna hang out, and you just, you can't avoid it, you can't. That, that, that was kind of, that kind of happened, and I was, I was getting frustrated with that, but I was very underwhelmed with it, and I've been to gun shows that are boring before. I've gone in, and there's half a dozen tables, and you're like, man, I paid ten bucks for this, and it's, it's not any good, but you know, I went and I walked around, and I don't really particularly like going to a gun show and seeing the same thing that you can see any other gun if you go to Academy or Cabela's or Gander Mountain, and it's the same stuff. I don't really care for it. I, I just It's not interesting. It's really not. I want to see different, old, new, like, oh, here's a war relic I never would have seen. Oh, here's this and this ridiculous caliber I never would have seen. That's, that's kind of what you go for, is kind of the experience. I know that I should take it with a grain of salt. I know I should. But some of the stories you hear people tell are such absolute fucking bullshit. To the point that it's very, very hard to swallow. And I've heard whopper of fucking tales at gun stores, because, it's, again, I like this stuff. It's places I frequent. You just hear such extraneous nonsense from people. And I have a very hard time swallowing it. And I feel like, honestly, some gun show participants or patrons or whatever are some of the absolute worst representatives of gun culture and proper handling safety I've ever been around in my entire life. Ever. It's, it's ridiculous. For instance, I went to this... And this is kind of an amalgamation of different experiences I've had. So, you know, Cody's gun stories corner, I guess. I went to I went to one and I was lo- I was looking at at revolvers. I was looking at little stub-nosed wheel guns or something. And the guy behind the table, behind the table, cuz they cuz a lot of times they'll have them hooked to get for the, those of you who have not been. A lot of times they'll have them hooked to the table with um with a wire that runs through them, and if you if you pick up whatever, that'll that'll pop the connection, and a little buzzer will go off. And it's so the dealer doesn't get his shit stolen in a crowd. I understand what it's for; it doesn't bother me. I, mean, I asked the guy, "Can I see it?" And he complied. And he like, "Oh yeah, sure." Well, when he handed it to me, he handed it to me, muzzle facing me, and didn't check if it was unloaded. Now I know that it was his. And you're in a gun show, and he had it unloaded, and it was unloaded. I would have been a whole other level of pissed if it wasn't. 
but it's really frustrating to me. I mean, I try my level best at a gun store. Hey, can I see that? Yeah, sure, you do whatever you're going to do. You open the action and you give it back to them. I, I try my best to do that stuff. I try my best to watch my muzzle in a store because... I don't want to sweep anybody. It's rude. It's really unnerving to walk. And I've done it. I've walked into a gun store and there's somebody pointing a rifle out at you. And you're like, well, fuck me. I, I think it's rude. I think it's really rude. Not to mention the fact that it kind of violates one of the three tenets. I mean, there's three big rules of firearm safety and they're not that hard to follow, people. But some of them are like the worst patron or the worst patrons of it to the point that it's like god damn man like no wonder gun people get a bad rap no wonder people are misinformed I, I and i don't think i've told these stories on the show but i'm i'm gonna if i have i'm sorry one of the one of the more one of the more in particular ones i've heard this was at a gun store but i was standing i was standing in, in a gun store and i was kind of looking and you know, we're all three, it's like three people, and you know, it's, I'm kind of in the middle, and there's a guy on my right, and there's a guy on my left. The guy on my left is asking the guy behind the counter about self-defense firearms, and what's a good caliber, and what should he pick, and all very good, very well-documented, very legit questions that I would not ask somebody at Academy, but if you didn't know, I could see where you would go there. Now, the guy, the guy's looking, and he's looking at a price point thing. He's not looking at really a caliber, and he's and he's kind of he's looking, and he's like, well, you know, this one's cheaper than that one. Well, you know, why is this one cheaper? And the guy behind the counter looks at him, looks him dead in the eye with a straight face, and's like, well, a forty caliber is not a very good defensive round. To which, before I can even get what the fuck out of it, because. I think the most commonly used police round of the for the last ten years has been the 40, 40 caliber Smith and Wesson. But before I could get what the fuck out, the guy to my right looks up and and sa and repeats it. Repeats forty is not a not a good defensive weapon, huh? And he points at the guy behind the counter directly in the directly in the chest, and he goes, "Would you take a forty to the chest?" I didn't think so. Very foul. Very fair point. Very valid point. Because and then that guy, the guy behind the counter, kind of dis dissipated off. I the the dude to my left, I told him to of a different gun store that I would recommend he goes and get some information from. And I, you know, I feel like that's something you have to do. Maybe not to that curt level, but it's a, it's a thing because misinformation exists. People just think that you know bullets are magic fairies that flutter off. What I mean, it, it's very much more than that. And there's all that social stigma that goes with it, and it's 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 frustrating. But going around that gun store and hearing hearing some of the levels of bullshit, and he, and of course you can't go into guns without going into politics, and that's frustrating because just because I like guns does not mean that I'm a right wing con conservative and I voted Republican in the last election. So I get a little weary of hearing about that. But you know I'm going walking around hearing that. Talking to people, the you know the and you hear it and it's just it great wears on you and you're getting run into and there's not really anything there worth your time to look at because you'll see something and then it's like and then you're and then you're like oh hey that's really neat I, I that's a really cool that's a cool I really like that Winchester right there I want to check out that night that 1894 Winchester and see what caliber it's in and because it's a really good price for one. 
I'm curious. I've got money in my pocket. I just sold one. I've got my bonus from work in my pocket. That's really neat. That'd be a cool something to have. I want to know more. Well, it's locked, and so you have to get the guy's attention. Who's over there talking to some old man about the price of fucking some stupid extraneous little trinkety patch or something that couldn't have cost more than $5. And they're over there, like, talking, you know, debating price on it. And I want to see this, and I'm holding up the entire line of traffic. People are going around me. It's really annoying. And it's, and you're like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to stand here, hold up traffic, flag this guy down, get him to hand me this, have him to listen to his used car salesman kind of shit, and just to look at something. Is this worth it? I just don't know that it is anymore. I don't know that it's really... Now, don't get me wrong. If I get a chance to go to, like, a big, badass fucking huge gun store where there's, like, there's gonna be cool stuff, yes. Yes, I'll go. I'd love to go. But honestly... I think my time, my $10 would be better spent going to a museum and looking and looking at old firearms that impacted history or have some historical value in some way and ooh look, I got to see whatever today as opposed to ooh look, I got to get run into today and look at the same $300 $300 Remingtons that they sell at Academy and I that if I wanted to look at at Academy, I could just get somebody to hand to me. I don't know that this is something I really want to do anymore. So, I love gun shows. I support the notion of gun shows. But maybe if you're looking for that sweet deal out there, or maybe if there's one coming around, visit a local gun shop first. And for God's sakes, if somebody wants to know more about a gun, about guns, or somebody thinks they want one and you're the gatekeeper that they ask and, you know, you feel like it's something you enjoy and they want you to kind of guide them through that, don't take them to a gun show. Take them to a gun store you trust or go to a, go to a place where you feel like you're in control of the situation. That's what I recommend. So, anyway, didn't, didn't mean to get nuts on that, but it kind of happened. Oh, and speaking of firearms... We have a new we have a new sponsor here at Board Shenanigans. I know, I know what you're thinking. Well, by God, aren't you all just jumping up the ranks? We are, we are. We now proudly endorse BanksBullets.com. That's right. Bank, BanksBullets.com offers you the number the number one supply for the competitive shooter in your life. Or if you just want some handy dandy reloading supplies, send him an email. He will get right back to you. I know the owner of Banks Bullets personally. And he's never steered me wrong, and I don't know he'll never steer you wrong either. Also, are you tired of having to pay too much for razors? DollarShaveClub.com, three tiers of excellence to, to benefit you. I personally enjoy the executive package, and you get these handy emails once a month before they send your package. Hey, would you like anything else? Some handy face cream? Perhaps some shave butter, which, by the way, I did not know what shave butter was until I got the free sample with my Dollar Shave Club. Oh my god, it's amazing. So, Dollar Shave Club, executive, big fan of it. Only 10 bucks a month, four razors. You, you cannot beat it. Um, but there's a few, if you want, you can get cheaper packages if you want to. It's, it's fantastic. I can't say good enough, sh good enough shit about it. 
Also remember LegalZoom.com for all of your legal needs. If they'll 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 help you. They're not a law firm, but they do offer legal advice, and they're the best out there. Also remember Carbonite.com for your storage needs and to help have a have secure online storage. Don't have your computer be bogged down anymore. Carbonite.com. They're 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 your friends. They're your buddies. Also. Fuck the post office. Use stamps.com. Stamps.com is the number one number one asset to send mail via yourself. With you'll get a, you'll get a handy scale. You can weigh your own postage. You can send it off. Never go to the post office again. Easy as pie. Clear as a bell. Stamps.com. Fantastic for everybody. Now that pretty much concludes what I have for you today, kids. I hope that it was listenable and enjoyable. Things should be back to normal next week. If not, you may have to listen to Cody Filibuster again. I know that you pine so deeply to hear Brewer again, and you should tell him on the Twitters and the Facebooks that you missed him for this particular episode. But thanks again. Hope you enjoyed it. And remember, and remember, remember, if you need more shenanigans in your day, subscribe to us on iTunes, vi- visit us on Twitter, visit us on Facebook, which I think I already said, uh, you can download it, you can download us via Stitcher, or go to bspodcast.us. Thanks again, guys. See you next week.